First Kings chapter 17. My, my subject this morning is the reign of revival is here and it is a reign of favor. It's kind of a mouthful, eh? The reign of revival is here and it is a reign of favor. There are a number of things that I know about our region. And it is that God has got very, very important and powerful plans for this region. And he is raising a people that will birth his plans and purposes. There is revival in the heart of God for this region. Amen. Amen. There is revival in the heart of God for this region. Uh, what we see, it looks like it's coming from the north into Joburg because it seems to me uh, that, that Pretoria and Centurion are like one notch ahead of Johannesburg, it seems to me. But we'll get there. Amen. We'll get there. It's like exploding from the north and going that side. But there is a, a mighty move of God that is brooding in the spirit. And I want to, to speak this morning and help our minds to, to key in on what God is doing and what God is about to do. I want you to mark my language. What God is doing and what God is about to do. God requires the cooperation of men to do what he needs to do. There cannot be an agenda of heaven manifesting in the earth if the earth is indifferent. Hallelujah. So, so heaven's agenda cannot manifest in any space on the earth if that space is indifferent. It can't. Once there's indifference, there's a short circuiting. So, so for us to key in on what God is doing, we have to be actively, actively involved, actively releasing our faith, actively agreeing with heaven. Then heaven can manifest. So, so I need to understand what God is doing, then actively release my faith to it. The word is active, not passive, active. And then heaven can co co cooperate with earth or earth cooperate with heaven and birth the agenda of God and manifest things. All right. In 1 Kings chapter 17, well, maybe before I read that text, I'm going to preach from two, two chapters, 17 and 18. So I'm going to skim through a few things. Um, I know that as a church, we have been studying revival, personal revival for a while, your pastor told me, and um, I'm sure he, he's a very good teacher of God's word, so I'm sure he has defined revival, explained it, um, and everybody kind of knows, except you are just a first-timer today. So for the sake of the first-timers, let me just throw out a few definitions. Is that okay? Yes. All right. Revival refers to a spiritual awakening from a state of dormancy or stagnation in the life of a believer. It encompasses the resurfacing of a love for God, an appreciation for God's holiness, a passion for his word and his church, a convicting awareness of personal and corporate sin, a spirit of humility, and a desire for repentance and growth in righteousness. That's my first definition. I have three definitions to go through in the course of my, my presentation this morning. So let's read scriptures together. First Kings chapter 17. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. 
so, so this man is saying, I'm about to shut the heaven. And it will only rain when I say so. Not when God says so. When I say so. <laughs> then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook chariot which flows into the Jordan. So when he made the announcement, God gave him instructions to move away from the place where he's about to shut the heavens. So the key, the switch, was in the hands of this prophet. And he says, I'm about to put the switch off. And I will only, it will only come on by my word. God needs me and you. He really does. He needs my thoughts to be aligned with his thoughts and then my words to voice his words for his agenda to be activated in the earth. So, so God uses the thoughts and the words of people on the earth to birth his agenda in the earth realm. It's important that you understand that. Meaning that by my words, I can shape the destiny of a region. By my words, I can change the spiritual atmosphere of a space around me. And those, hear me now, those who understand the mantle that they carry and the power that they carry over a region are able to cooperate with heaven to download heaven's agenda in that space. A church that understands the mind of the Father and understands the agenda of God for the region where they are are able to cooperate with heaven and birth the purposes of God by their decrees. The Bible says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. So the thoughts that are going on in my heart are critical and are important. The more, hear me now, the more I understand the power of my thoughts and words, the more powerful those words and thoughts are in shaping the atmosphere that I'm operating in. The only reason why Elijah would stand and make that kind of audacious statement was because he knew that he carries a mantle for a region. I came to speak to a church this morning that I believe carries a mantle for a region. Amen. Yes. I, I came to minister to a people that I believe this morning carry a prophetic and apostolic voice for a region. And you must understand your place in the agenda of God for the space that you are in. When God gives you an assignment, he puts favor upon you to enable you to accomplish it. If you're writing down, please write that statement down. It's very important. We read in verse 3 of the text that, that we are focusing on. And God spoke to Elijah after Elijah picked up from God uh, that he's about to shut the heavens and declare economic austerity for that space, for that time. It was by his mouth. And God said to him, get away from this space that you have shut down and go to a brook called Cherit and hide there. And hide there. The moment he made that declaration and released those words, the heavens shut. But also, God poured favor upon Elijah. And Elijah moved and went to Cherit to hide. You see, I want you to understand something about favor. I had been teaching on favor 
for the last six weeks in my church because I believe that in this season there's an unusual favor that's going to pour out upon any people that I minister to. So favor is coming upon somebody this morning. Amen. I said favor, unusual favor is coming upon somebody this morning. I want you to receive it. Don't just look at me. Remember that nothing happens with indifference on the earth. So, so you can't be indifferent to the things that I'm declaring over you. Amen. So you can't be pathetic. No, no, no. You can't be pathetic. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> because indifference is pathetic. <laughs> amen. So, so when I release a word and I speak, you've got to say amen. amen. Or you're going to scream, I receive. Because it requires active faith on this side for heaven to make a connection and make a deposit. Are you here? Yes. All right. When favor comes upon somebody, it's usually for a purpose. Every time that divine agenda is being butted in the earth, God will always pour out favor on whosoever it is that is required to fulfill that divine agenda. Check your Bible all the time. When God needed the, his son to be birthed on the earth, what did he do? He put favor on a virgin girl. When the angel came, what did the angel say? The angel said, you have found favor with God. Every time, all through scriptures, when God wants to birth something in the earth, the vessel that he needs to do that assignment, he pours favor on that vessel. So what is favor? I'm going to define it now. But before I define favor for you, you see, when that favor comes upon you, it comes like a shield. Psalm 5 verse 12. Are you able to throw the scriptures for me up there? Psalm 5 verse 12. God says in his word, he said he will bless the righteous. And with favor will he surround him as with a shield. So, so favor comes upon whosoever it is that God needs to do something. And this kind of favor is like a shield. It's an, it's an all-compassing shield that surrounds that person. So it's almost like the person is in a bubble. And this favor emanates from their spirit. And fills the space, pay attention, and fills the space that God needs them to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. So this favor emanates from them. Amen. Now, 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 is that scripture coming up or not? All right. This shield, what's a shield? Let me, let me define a shield for you, and then I define favor for you. A shield is a type of personal armor meant to intercept attacks, Either by stopping projectiles such as arrows or redirecting a heat from a sword, a maze or a battle axe or similar weapon to the side of the shield bearer. So a shield is a barrier that keeps away risk from you. Are you here? A shield is a barrier that keeps away risk from you. When favor is activated in your life, an invisible shield comes around you and that shield is able to keep stuff that is not to your interest or to the interest of the purposes of God so when God used Elijah to declare what he wants to do in the region the reason why Elijah is shutting down the heavens is because there is idolatry in the land and God needed to shut down the economy so that his people can pay attention. And so that he can, he can pull their hearts away from the worship of Baal back unto God. But they needed uh, some, some, some three and a half years or so of famine for them to come to their senses. So what is favor? I'm giving you my third definition now. Favor is the affection of God towards a person 
that releases an influence through them that causes people, animals, things, or spaces to like them, to trust them, or to cooperate with them. Let me read that again for you. Favor is the affection of God poured towards a person that releases an influence, an influence through them, so that other people, animals, spaces, things, can like them, trust them, or cooperate with them. So when God gives you favor in this region, he causes the people around there to like you. He causes animals, things, to cooperate with you and enable you to fulfill the reason why that favor was, come, was put upon you in the first place. So what had happened to Elijah here is that there is an agenda of God that Elijah is trying to, to execute. Elijah opens his mouth, declares this thing, favor comes upon him. But this favor is a strange favor that Elijah is carrying. God says to him, go to the brook of Cherith and go and stay there. And I'm going to take care of you in that brook. We don't know how long he stayed there, but it was for a while. And while he was in the brook, everybody else was experiencing famine, hunger and starvation, but not Elijah. The favor that he carried, it was a shield around him, defended him from starvation. Amen? And that favor went on to activate a very selfish animal, a selfish bird, a raven, or ravens. Ravens were coming to give him food in the morning and in the evening. In the morning and in the evening. Ravens are so bad that they don't even take care of their little chicks. That's how selfish they are as birds. Yet, because of the shield of favor that Elijah is carrying, animal that is usually very selfish is delivering food morning and evening. When the shield of favor is upon you, things go out of their way and behave out of character to make sure that the purposes of God are fulfilled in your life. That's the shield of favor. Now, every child of God carries that shield of favor. When you know what it is that God has done in your life. In Christ Jesus, every one of us had been brought into a place of favor. The Bible says we've been accepted in the beloved. What that means is that we have been accepted in a place where we are liked specially. That's favor. And so, so when I lay hold on the favor of God that comes upon me, hear me now, because of the righteousness of Jesus. God said in Psalm 5 verse 12, he said, I shall bless the righteous. With what? Favor will I surround him as with a shield. There is a blessing that comes upon the righteous. You know, there are two ways you can look at that scripture. You can look at it and think it's your own righteousness. In which case, you will always fall short. Always. Because every time you look at yourself, you will never see perfection. You will never ever see, see, see perfection. Uh, because your righteousness does not measure up. Amen? So you can look at that scripture and say, I don't qualify. Because the Bible says he blesses the righteous with favor and surrounds him with that favor as with a shield. Or I can look at that scripture and say that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have received the free gift of righteousness. Therefore, that scripture applies to me. Amen. So, so I can look at it and I choose to look at it that way because that's the only way to look at it. Uh, hallelujah. I have received, Romans chapter 5 verse 17. He said, those who have received an abundance of grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor. And the gift of righteousness shall what? Reign in life. There's a reigning that comes upon the one on whose life favor is activated. Favor helps you to reign. Amen. All right. So Elijah had favor poured out on him. And he began to stay there and these birds were feeding him. 
So that shield protected him from hunger and starvation. And the agenda of God was, was ongoing because Elijah was the one holding the key. So while he was there, after some time, God said, you know what? The season to be in the brook is over. Get up. I need to relocate you. But he's carrying a shield of favor. He says, I have commanded a widow in Zarephath to look after you. So get up and go. And Elijah moved. And then got to Zarephath and met this widow who was going to die. The widow was preparing for her last meal and she was going to die. A widow in helplessness. But because of the shield of favor that Elijah carried around him, when he met that woman at the city gate, at the entrance of the city, he met that woman and that woman came into the space of the favor that he was carrying. Before that space, before Elijah came into the presence of the woman, the woman was helpless and hopeless. She says, I was speaking sticks to go make the last meal so that me and my son can eat and die. So there was no next tomorrow for her and her son. But the moment Elijah walked into the space of that woman, something changed for the woman. That's what happens when you are understand the favor that you carry. Something changed for that woman. A woman who was going to die from starvation instantly. Something changed. When Elijah asked her to go bring food. No, bring water first. The woman said, yeah, no problem. Even though there is a scarcity of water, but I can give you water. And then the, and the, as the woman is going, Elijah says, bring food too. Ah. <laughs> now, you're, now you're pushing it. <laughs> and the man of God said to her, you have entered into a space of favor. So the shield of favor that I carry, he didn't say that in words, but the shield of favor that I carry envelops you. And because that shield envelops you, you will not die. This food will not finish. So go make for me and make afterwards, give to yourself and your son to eat. And you're going to live throughout the rest of this famine period. And that's exactly what happened. So the favor that Elijah carried enveloped that woman and sustained that woman and her son between the brook and the woman's, the widow's house was three and a half years. Favor made room for them. Can I say something to you this morning? There is favor coming upon you. And when you understand that favor and work in the, in the, in the reality of that favor, not only that the favor makes room for you, but the favor will make room for your employers. It will make room for colleagues that are working with you. Because anybody who comes into that favor is also defended. You see, uh, uh, Apostle Paul was carrying a shield of favor. When they got into a boat or in a ship and there was trouble in the ship, and the ship was, was being tossed around by this ferocious storm. Paul stood up and told them, nobody will die because you are with me in this thing. We, we're going to lose the goods because you guys were stubborn. I told you not to set out. But because of me, you will be spared. Why? Because you understood I'm a man on assignment. I'm on a divine agenda. I carry certain favor with me. And because I carry that favor, it's going to preserve everybody in this boat. And nobody died. Even though they lost everything, but nobody died. Why? They came under the influence of the favor that this man carried. Because when you have favor, it defends you. It protects you. Favor keeps you. You see, favor is what it is that made it impossible for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to burn in the fire. Because they carried a shield of favor. There was an insulation between them and the fire. And as they got into that thing, that fire could not ignite their skin. The Bible said that not even a hair on their body got burnt because they're carrying favor. Favor is something that Daniel had. When he, they threw him into the lion's den, lions could not eat him. It's not because the lions were not hungry. They were very hungry. <laughs> but because the lions came into the space of favor that this guy was carrying, for the whole night, the lions just could not say anything. 
The next morning, to tell you how hungry the lions were, when they took Daniel out and threw the guys who brought Daniel into the situation, into that pit, before they could land, the Bible said the lions jumped. The lions jumped into the air and tore them from the air. That's how hungry those lions were. But because of favor, the shield of favor that Daniel was carrying, they couldn't touch him for the whole 12 hours that he was in the, in the pit with them. Somebody say, favor is upon me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So that shield of favor is, is so critical. And I want you to know, uh, I'm going somewhere with that thought this morning. So Elijah is carrying this favor because of the assignment that God has given to him. I believe there is a, less, a certain measure of favor that this church carries. Yes. For the assignment that you have been given. You see, when you don't know what you have, you don't activate the power of it. It's knowledge of what you carry that helps you activate it. Can I announce it to you this morning? There is a measure of favor that this church carries. And everybody who is a part of this congregation, you need to connect with that grace and let that favor exude from you. Hallelujah. So Elijah is carrying this favor. Remember what he said. By my words, we shut the heavens. By my words, we open it. By my words, I'm going to dry up all the farms, all the livelihood of everybody in this region. By my words, I activate it again. That's what he was saying. By my words, I'm going to dry up the flow of water. All animals, all humans, all plants are at my mercy until I open my mouth again and the rains will come. So when he released those words, he, he shut down everything but carried the favor with him. He was the only one who had favor. Everybody else was suffering. Yes, he was the only one who had it. And there's a reason why. You see, the whole nation had fallen into idolatry. And idolatry cannot attract the favor of God. So, for that period, the only people who had livelihood, if you read the text from 17 to 18, you will understand it was only the people who had a fear for God and a certain resemblance of righteousness. They were the only ones who had favor. Obadiah had favor. He was hiding the priests of God and feeding them. And they were, they were sustained in the midst of the famine. So, Elijah is carrying this stuff on him. And then, that takes us to chapter 18. Go there. Go there, go there. Alright, and it came to pass, verse 1, after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. In the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. So God says it's time now to switch this thing back on. I think the people are, are getting it now. So it's time to switch it on. Isn't it interesting that God couldn't switch it on outside of Elijah? Elijah had the keys. Let me say it again. Go Christian church, you have the keys. For the revival and the pouring out of the power of God, the prosperity of God, and the blessing of God for this region. You've got the keys. Oh, your amen is looking for my trouble. I say you've got the keys. Don't give me an amen that is in ICU. I say you've got the keys. That's more like it. And we are going to use the keys to open the outpouring of God's blessings over this region. Yes. We're going to use it. Because that's the reason why we are here. There's a divine agenda. There's a divine assignment. And we will fulfill that assignment. Somebody say amen. Amen. So Elijah hears from God. It's time to switch this thing back on. Now watch the words of God. He said to him. Go present yourself to Ahab 
and I will send rain. Is that, is that in the Bible? Is that in the Bible? It's not a trick question. <laughs> it says what? Go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the land. So there's a part for Elijah to do and there's a part for God to do. Can you see it? Elijah's part is what? Go present yourself to Ahab. Tell him that rains are about to come. Go present yourself. And then the moment you do so, I will send rain. Is everybody? Okay. Now read the next verse. And so Elijah went to present himself to Ahab and there was serious rain in Samaria. Huh? Let's read together again. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab and there was serious rain in Samaria. You can't see it. Is my Bible different? Isn't it interesting that God said, present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain. And Elijah obeys the instruction he got from God. But there was no rain. Instead, there was what? Severe famine. <laughs> What's going on here? God said, present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain. You carry the shield of favor. Go present yourself to Ahab and I will cause favor to come upon the land and rain will fall again. Now, Elijah did exactly what God told him to do. But do we, what do we see there? Uh, verse 2, verse 2. Are you there? Where is verse 2? Audiovisual. Okay, let me read from my Bible since you don't want to show me that one. <laughs> so Elijah went to present himself and there was severe famine. Isn't it interesting that many times when we obey God and do what he tells us to do. That sometimes it looks like the word of God does not work. How many people have been there before? When it looks like the word of God does not work. What do you do when you have obeyed instructions as has been given to you by God directly or by God through your leadership, through your pastor? And the results are not lining up to your expectations. What do you do? What do you do? Elijah understood the instruction from God. And he went according to the instructions that God gave him. But we don't have rain coming. Instead, we have severe famine in the land. So skip. Run to verse 41. Verse 41. <laughs> uh, there's something happening here and I need you to see it. <laughs> All right. Verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab. Now before 41, Elijah had had to deal with the prophets of Baal. At Mount Carmel, at the contest. And there's a reason why he had to. Before we go to 41. You see, these prophets of Baal were the ones who were polluting the land with idolatry. So there were fountains of disfavor. And they were pouring disfavor in the land. And Elijah knew that if I am going to effectively extend the favor that I carry... Onto the whole land so that the whole land can start experiencing rain and prosperity and increase and blessing. I need to get rid of idolatry. So that's the reason why he had to first of all go deal with the prophets of Baal and get them out of the way. Can I say something to somebody this morning? If you are going to experience the outgushing of favor from your life, you need to get rid of some things. You need to get rid of some stuff. Because if there is a fountain, huh, huh, John chapter 4 verse 14. Let me go there. Pastor says you go there. 
Let me go there. John 4, 14. Please throw it for me quickly. John 4, 14. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Jesus said, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. Now Jesus was talking to a woman that he met at the well. And Jesus asked this woman, just give me water to drink. And the woman says, ah, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for something? Basically, the woman was suggesting that Jesus was hitting on her. He's a woman that, that has her way with men. She thought this was another man coming to hit on her. So Jesus turned around and said, if you knew who it was, I'm not here, I'm not a pickup on the side of the road. If you knew who it was that's asking you for water, you will ask him for living water. And he says, the water that you give me, whosoever drinks it will test again. But the one that I give you, when you drink of this water, the water will become in you a fountain. I need you to notice the language of scriptures. It says the water will become in you. There's a transformation that happens to this water that I will give you. It will become in you a fountain. It wasn't a fountain when you drink it. But once you drink it, it becomes in you a fountain. Now we know that the water Jesus was talking about was life. Amen. It was what? Life. Divine life. And he says, when I give you this divine life, and this divine life comes in contact with your spirit, this divine life transforms itself from what it was when I gave it to you to become a fountain. And this fountain begins to gush out and begins to pour. Unlike natural water when you drink it, I actually had to sit down with two doctors to understand really what happens to water when we drink it. For me to understand what Jesus was talking about here. Because Jesus says normal water, which is true, when you drink it, you become thirsty again. So why do we become thirsty again? And these are what the things that the doctors explained to me. Number one, when you drink water, the water goes through your system. And some of that water that goes through your system gets broken down by systems in you. And the water is used for different things. So you drink one liter of water, you will not excrete one liter of water. You probably excrete less than 300 mils. The rest of the water is broken down in your system. The molecules of water are split to make you know, all kinds of chemicals in your body. And that is the reason why you will need to drink more water. But Jesus said, the water that I'm about to give you, instead of your system to split it and deplete it, when it comes in contact with your system, that water is turned into a fountain. And you become a living fountain. And you gush out stuff. And he says, it wells up unto everlasting life. Meaning that for ages to come, you become a walking, living fountain. And life just gushes out from you. Now, I went there for a reason. It's divine life. What is divine life? Is everything that God has. Amen? So healing is in divine life. Righteousness is in divine life. Prosperity is in divine life. Favor is in divine life. And God says, when you take it in and receive it, and accept it into your system, divine life becomes a fountain. And you become, so imagine yourself like a sponge. Like a full sponge. And they pour water into you. And the sponge gets full. Instead of the sponge to dry up, what happens is this sponge becomes a fountain. And it begins to well and well and well and well. So every time we receive anything from God, that stuff, once it gets into our system, by understanding, that's why understanding is very important. Because your system cannot process that which you don't understand. 
So when it gets in into your spirit, it wells up inside of you and begins to flow out out of you. All right. So what is happening to Elijah in our text is there's a portion of life that Elijah received by the word of the Lord. Because the word is life. Amen. So when Elijah received the word of the Lord, that life went into him and began to well up as a fountain. So this shield of favor that Elijah was carrying was as a result of the word that he received from the Lord. The same thing with you. As you're hearing me this morning and you receive this word, it will go into you if you understand it. And it will well up as a fountain. And I said that his favor, a favor revival is about to heat your space. Because something inside of you begins to gush out favor. But Elijah had to get rid of the things that were generating disfavor in the space that he needed to overwhelm with favor. That's the reason why he had to kill off this prophet of Baal. So for you as a child of God, as life begins to gush out from you, you need to get rid of some stuff so that that life can truly flow and can truly overwhelm your life in every area. So, so if favor is gushing out from you, that favor needs to continue to flow so that it can look after things in your finances. So this is the reason why you don't need counterfeit fountains. Oh, God help me to explain it to you. You don't need, listen, when God is helping you, he's helping you. Why do you need to cheat? If you really believe God gave you this job, why do you need to sleep with the boss to keep it? Because if it is God that gave it to you, it will flow. So you don't need another counterfeit fountain anyway. You need to get rid of it. Hallelujah. Why are you having to sleep with a boyfriend so you can keep him? If God gave him to you, please let the fountain flow. Somebody needs to go home today and tell the boyfriend, I'm done, I'm moving out. Because you don't need counterfeit fountains around you trying to help what God has put inside of you. If it's God, let it be God. Yes. Hallelujah. If it is God doing it, let it be God doing it. Why do you need to cheat in your business to keep it going? I got a fountain of prosperity from my inside. I receive what I'm doing from the Lord. And because I receive it from the Lord, if it is life that came from God, my spirit will activate that life and it will become a fountain flowing out from me. So I don't need to cheat if I truly understand what I'm carrying. Are you here? So this is the reason why Elijah, we don't need this professor bad. They are doing nothing for us. They are polluting our space. What we need is the favor of God. What we need is the blessing of God on the land. That's why we had to get rid of the fountains of disfavor. Yes, come on. So Elijah got those guys out of the way. So that the favor that he was carrying was going to, he needed a favor, hear me, he needed a favor to flow out from him, envelop the whole nation, and activate the whole nation, so that they also can begin to exude favor. That was exactly what he needed to be done. You see, when God sends a man of God in your direction, let me explain to you the spiritual dynamics. This man of God is carrying a word from God, concerning the assignment, and with that word comes favor. And he's the fountain of favor. And he sits in front of you, ministering favor. And when you receive him and receive what he's doing, you are enveloped in that favor. And that favor activates something inside of you. And your own favor begins to flow. And begins to flow like a fountain. And everybody becomes living fountains. Gushing out favor because we connect with leadership. Hallelujah. And, and, and we begin to flow. And whatever it is, is the assignment. Because we connect with his fountain. Our fountain is activated in like manner. And all of us can overwhelm the region. With our favor, with our prosperity, with our blessing, with our healing. Whatever it is, God has called us to do. And then we do it. And then we get the result. All right, so Elijah is in this space. Now, he's dealt with the prophets of Baal. All the other negative fountains are gone. But there's still no rain. So verse 41 is where we are. All right, go there. Go there, go there, go there. It's going to be good now, now. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right. 2 Kings chapter 18. 
I told you there's a conspiracy of time when I preach. When then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Let me ask you a question. When does rain make a sound? When it is falling through the air, through the atmosphere. It is the movement of water from the clouds onto the ground that causes a sound. Right? That's what causes that sound that you hear. It's the movement of water through the atmosphere. Elijah said, there is the sound of abundance of rain. But he's the only one who is hearing it. Nobody else is hearing it. Everybody else is experiencing a drought. But Elijah is having rain falling. How come Elijah is having rain falling and everybody else is experiencing a drought? Let me explain what it is. Elijah heard the word from the Lord. Somebody needs to get this this morning. He heard God said, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain. Yeah. Elijah believed God. The moment he did what God told him to do, that settled it. Whether anybody else was experiencing rain or not, it did not matter. God said, present myself to Ahab and I will send rain. God does not lie, so rain is falling. So in Elijah's spirit, he carried a rain. He was hearing it. Nobody else was hearing it. He was hearing rain. He was seeing prosperity. He was feeling the power of God regurgitating the land and, and, and restoring the land. He was hearing rain. Nobody else was seeing it. But remember, Elijah knew what he carried. I, I am praying that God will raise believers who know what they carry. God will raise men and women of God who know that they carry. They carry the answer. Listen, listen. The answer that South Africa is looking for is not in the hands of our politicians. They can't produce the answer. Why? They don't have the fountain. They don't have life. So we can't, we can't resort to elections and hope that it's going to solve our problems. No. They don't have life. How can they solve the problem? What we are dealing with is death all over the place. And only people who carry life can overwhelm death. So we are the solution. Hallelujah. Amen. We are what? The solution because I am a living, walking fountain of the power and the life of God to provide prosperity, to provide jobs, to provide safety and security in the land. It's coming out from my person. Not from politicians. So Elijah knew it. So when God told him, I have sent rain, he believed it. So as far as he's concerned, it was raining. But you see, Elijah was a man on a mission. He knew that I carry this favor and I carry this rain, but I need the whole nation to experience it. So he goes boldly to the king. He said, go up and eat. Go and start celebrating. Rain is coming. And then Elijah, Elijah tells the king, and the king heard him. Verse 42. So Elijah went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Camel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. So when the king went off, the king is set out now to go. Elijah left the king and climbed the mountain. You see, after you've heard God and you've obeyed God and the results are not changing on the outside, you need to separate yourself. You need to separate yourself. Can I say something this morning? God is looking for a church that will separate herself to birth the purposes of God to solve the problems of South Africa. Elijah is carrying this rain on the inside. It's falling as far as he's concerned. So he needed to push it out here. He needed to push out what he had in his spirit to push it out into the land so that he can envelop the land. So he went to the place of prayer and he began to pray. Now, look at the position that he took on the mountain. Bible says his ears were where? In between. His face was in between his knees. 
Meaning that he locked his ear in between his knees. When you put your face there, your ears are locked. Elijah did not want to hear anything else but the sound of rain. <laughs> he didn't want distractions from the environment. He didn't want to see the contrary evidence in the land. He didn't want to see the land dry and brown. All he wanted to see was what he was carrying in his spirit. Somebody needs to connect with the power of God for prosperity, for profuse prosperity in your spirit. And then you're going to push it out into your family. You're going to push it out into your career. You're going to push it out into your marriage. You're going to push it out into the environment where you work. Because you carry that fountain. So Elijah realized, ah, uh -uh, I can no longer be like everyone around me. I can't be running around. I need to push the destiny of the nation depends on what I carry on my inside. And I need to push it out so that they can get enveloped by it. So he went and began to push and pray. Push means pray until something happens. And he began to pray. And he began to pray. Now, to show you how expectant he was for what he carried, the favor and the shield that he carried to envelop the country, the land, he sent his servant, go and check for me. What do you see over there? The man comes back. I can't see nothing. Then he comes back. He said, go again. After some time, he sent him a second time. Go and check. The guy goes and comes back. I can't see anything. This man continued pushing. Because what he carried on the inside needed to envelop the nation. Bible says he went seven times. On the seventh time he came back and said to the man, I see a cloud like the size of a man's fist out in the sea. Elijah said, that's all I need. I have pushed it out. Somebody, we need to push out prosperity for South Africa. Oh, your amen is weak. I said we need to push out prosperity for South Africa. Amen. We need to push out healing for the land. We need to push out. We need to push out safety and peace in the land. Amen. The solution to crime is not is not security companies. It's from our inside. Amen. We need to push it out, and that's where the place of traveling, prevailing prayer comes in. He prayed it and prayed it because what he carried on the inside needed to come out. And he pushed it until people could see it. Oh, I'm carrying prosperity on my inside. Amen. I'm carrying blessing for my generation on my inside. I'm carrying an anointing that will envelop South Africa on my inside. I need to push it out. I need to push it out. I'm carrying the salvation and the destiny of families and homes on my inside. Amen. I need to pray it out. I need to push it out. It's, it's a fountain of favor that I need to push out so that everybody can become enveloped by it and be transformed by it. So Elijah pushed it out. See what happened next. See what happened next. So verse 44, then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and rain and there was a heavy rain. Somebody say heavy rain. Somebody say heavy rain. It wasn't just rain. It was heavy rain. I sense heavy rain of prosperity coming upon your life. I sense a heavy rain of the power of God breaking out in your family. Breaking all that nonsense that is keeping everybody in your family backward. I sense a heavy rain coming through you in the name of Jesus. I sense a heavy rain. It's heavy. That's what I sense in the spirit. There's something heavy coming out from the body of Christ and it's going to envelop our nation. Amen. Listen, listen. Whether they like it or not, the church will come to a place of honor and respect. Politicians will recognize that we, we have the solution that they're looking for. Then they will start coming to church and sit down and listen to the pastor. I'm telling you, policymakers will realize this thing is not working anywhere else. Only these guys are making it work. This is the reason why the church needs to rise up with, with efforts. Let's show the government we can create schools and build schools that doesn't require their funding. Let's show government we can build hospitals that doesn't require their funding. Because we carry that stuff. We carry that stuff. 
And, and that's what I sense in my spirit coming upon the body of Christ in this season. We got to push out what we carry. We got to pray out, pray out what we carry from the inside. Let that reign of favor envelop our nation. Create a defense from all the people who want to destroy us. Create a defense from hunger, from starvation. Create a defense because we carry it on our inside. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm almost done. So verse 45. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and rain and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Verse 46. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. The hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he gathered up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Sure. When Elijah pushed out what he carried on the inside, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you're carrying stuff on the inside. You're carrying destiny altering stuff on the inside for your generation. You're carrying heavy stuff on your inside. God is counting on you to push it out. And when he pushed it out, the Bible said the hand of God came upon him. The hand of God came upon him on, in, in response to what he pushed out. And something happened to Elijah. The Bible says he outran horses. I had to go to study this. To understand this. A horse. An average horse, not a racing horse. A race horse will run 45 kilometers, sorry, 45 miles an hour. But an average horse will run like 15, 15 to 20 miles an hour. All right. Je this man, the king, set out on the journey long before Elijah started running with him. Elijah had gone to pray while the man started traveling to Jezreel. Elijah finished praying. I don't know how many hours he took to push out what he needed to push out. And he came down from the mountain and started racing behind Ahab that was going and he arrived there before him he outran Ahab and his horses and got there what happened to Elijah let me tell you what happened to him let me tell you what happened to him it's one of two things somebody say favor, favor. somebody scream favor. favor Elijah's muscles became so nimble it's one of two things. His muscles became so nimble that he was able to supernaturally run at a speed far beyond the horses because the fastest man on the earth who happens to be Usain Bolt at the moment, he's done 9.58 kilometers, I mean meters per second. When you translate that to miles per hour, it's about 23, 27. That's the fastest man, and nobody can run that speed because the distance between where this is happening is about 20 miles. Nobody can run at that speed for 20 miles. But for Elijah to have overtaken the horses, he ran faster than Usain Bolt. <laughs> he did. For him to have overtaken those horses, he ran much faster than Usain Bolt. That can only be by the supernatural hand of God. It's one of two things. Either his muscles became nimble, or number two, he suspended gravity and just moved like the speed of light. Whichever way it happened, it was the hand of God doing it. My point to you is when the power of God is released through the things that you are birthing, supernatural ability comes to you. Favor! You see, I told you that favor has the ability to cause your environment to, co to cooperate with you. To cause space to cooperate with you. That's exactly what is happening to Elijah. Gravity is cooperating with him. The land is cooperating with him. Because he carried the shield of favor. And it came upon him in a mighty way. Much, bef much higher than before. Because what he was carrying on the inside now, he has battered on the outside. And that favor went to another level. And he was able to deploy that favor and have run this man and got to the destination, Jezreel, long before the king got there. 
I'm saying to somebody this morning, the environment is about to begin to cooperate with you. The business that is struggling, you're not hearing me this morning. The business that is struggling, favor is about to envelop that business. And envelop it in such a way, you don't even know how it's happening. Customers are coming faster than you can serve them. Sales are happening faster than you can imagine. Because it's called supernatural favor. So I said favor is coming upon somebody. We need to push it out. If there's a time to pray, it is now. You see, you see, you can't, you can't be lethargic and can't be indifferent to prayer. Except you are not serious about your destiny. Except you're not serious about the things that God wants to do through you. In your family, in your environment, in your, in your lineage. Except you're not serious about it. Then you will not be serious with prayer. But if you're really serious about making an impact with your life. Changing things with who you are in your generation. This is a time for us to pray. Clap your hands for Jesus. I'm done.